Hey, friends, who's sad that it's the last day, full day of camp? Anybody just super, super depresso espresso? Yeah, me. Yeah, I'll tell you something funny. Last night, I was walking back up to my room, and I was talking to my daughter, Karis, and I, I said, Karis, are you having fun at camp? She goes, yeah, Dad, I'm, I'm going to do She, Yeah, Dad, I had fun at camp. She, she talks like a little kid with like a Tourette squirrel. Hey, Dad, I had fun at camp. I said, what do you love about camp? She goes, I like the food. Um... I like the food, yeah. and I like the shower. And I said, like, oh, that's good. I was like, what else? She goes, ah, I like the playground, but Dad, I'm ready to go home. And I said, Karis, why are you ready to go home? I thought you said you like camp. She goes, I really like camp a lot. I said, why are you ready to go home? And she says, some of these boys are stinky, Dad. And I was like, yeah, some of these boys are stinky. So, gentlemen, do us all a favor and take a shower today, dude. You're killing my little baby daughter, you punks. All right, friends, let's do this. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 1. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. It's going to be a shorter chapel message, shorter time together. Uh, tonight, we're going to finish out our, our series looking at different heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. But this morning, we're going to talk just briefly about the importance importance in the Christian's life of regular scriptural intake. Today we're going to talk about the importance of reading your Bible daily. Listen to this, Psalm chapter 1. We're just going to read the, the first two verses to start. The psalmist begins the psalm by saying this, blessed is the man. Now does anybody know what the word blessed can also mean? It starts with an H. Happy. Friends, Psalm chapter 1 is essentially God's guide for happy living. This is what the psalmist says. He says, Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Literally, his delight is in the word of the Lord. And on his word, he, what? Meditates day and night. You know, in 2021, there was a survey done by an, uh, an organization called the American Bible Society. In 2021, what the American Bible Society did, is they did a survey amongst professing evangelical Christians, so Christians like you and me. And they asked them this question, how often as a follower of Jesus Christ do you regularly read your Bible? Friends, of those they surveyed, they found out that 50% of American Christians read their Bible on a regular basis. Now, honestly, 50% seems high, but go us. But then a year passes, and they conducted the survey again. This is in 2022. They went and they asked the same group of questions, the exact same question. How often do you read your Bible? And friends, the number of Christians, the same Christians who were surveyed a year before, the number of Christians who said they read their Bible on a regular basis dropped by 29 million people. You see, friends, we live in a world where we have easier access to God's word. We have easier access to scripture than ever before in the history of the Christian church. And yet fewer Christians today are biblically literate than ever before. Friends, Christians today just don't read their Bible. Now, I think there are a number of different reasons. Some of you guys are like, well, I don't know how to read. You know, okay, you got to pass. We'll teach you how to read. Now, there's a number of different reasons Christians don't read their Bible. And, and one of the reasons I think Christians don't read their Bible is simply because they're intimidated. One of the reasons I think Christians don't read their Bible is because they don't know how to read God's Word well. You see, there's a difference between reading God's Word and reading God's Word well. I'll give you an example. Right after I became a Christian when I was 16 years old, I knew I needed to read the Bible. I knew I needed to read the Bible because my pastor said, you better start reading the Bible. But I didn't know where to start. And so I was a fool. The very first book I read was Numbers. And I was like, this book freaking sucks, dog. You sound people got saved from this crap. And then that same year, though, I got saved. This little app 
called the Bible app was released. And so I downloaded the Bible app and I saw that they had these little Bible daily reading plans. And I thought, all my prayers has been answered. Some dude, some nerd in his mom's basement has developed this app and he's given me these daily devotionals. And so when I, and I went on and then there wasn't nearly as many uh, different uh, Bible reading plans as there are now, but I was scrolling and I decided I wanted to read as much scripture as quickly as I could. And so friends, I was an idiot. And I found this Bible reading plan that was entitled this, The Bible in Two Weeks. Literally, The Bible in 14 Days. Friends, the very first day in that Bible reading plan, I clicked start, and it said that I had to read all of Genesis, all of Exodus, and half Leviticus. Do you want to guess how many days I lasted in that Bible reading plan? Almost one. Right? I remember I got to Genesis chapter 6, and I was like, dude, it's been two and a half hours. I'm done. Now, I'll be honest, friends, when I remember this very clearly, when I closed my Bible that day, I felt so incredibly discouraged. Now, I'll be honest with you, it was probably foolish of me to try and read that much scripture in such a short amount of time, especially as a new believer. I'll give you an example. When I was in, when I was in college, I was studying to be a pastor, and I was getting fat. That's what happens to pastors. They get fat, right? You watch a pastor age, and his belly does this. It just gets bigger. Like Tyson's, Tyson's grandpa is one of the founding pastors of our church. I love him. That's one of my best friends. His grandpa, you look at pictures of him in the 70s. Today, he's a large man. Okay, that's what happens to preachers. And so I was, remember, I was, I was at California Baptist University, and we had Chick-fil-A on campus. So I was eating Chick-fil-A for three meals a day. And I thought, oh, man, the girls aren't really attracted to me anymore. I better start losing some weight. And so I decided that I was going to try to run a half marathon. Now, when I was in high school, I was a pretty good runner, but I hadn't ran in years. And so what I began to do is every single night, I would go to the gym and I would just run on the treadmill, right? Probably looking all cute. I had my nice short shorts on. I had this little cute little tank top. You know how it is. One of those guys at the gyms. I was one of the grunters on the treadmill. Look at me. I'm athletic. Friends, I knew that if I wanted to run a half marathon, I was going to have to work up to the point of running 13.1 miles. And so do you know how many miles I ran the very first day I started training? I ran half a mile. You see, friends, I knew that if I wanted to run a half marathon, I'd have to get to 13. But I also knew that that was going to have to take some time. And friends, Bible reading is the exact same way. You shouldn't necessarily, especially if you're a new believer, you shouldn't necessarily try to take in as much as you can, as fast as you can. Instead, friends, you should take your time reading the scriptures and ponder the word of God. This is what the psalmist means in Psalm chapter 1 when he says, Blessed is the man and his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he what? He meditates. Now, typically, when you think of the word meditation, you probably think of, a, you probably think of that Buddhist monk with like those orange robes doing what? Um, um. Now that's Eastern meditation. Friends, what Eastern meditation is, it's the process of trying to empty your mind to find peace. But that is not what biblical meditation is at all. Friends, when the psalmist says, on the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night, what that means is that all day, the psalmist says he's trying to intake the word of God. Friends, when we talk about biblical meditation, what biblical meditation is, it's slowly and steadily taking in the scriptures. Does that make sense? Now, when we were coming up to Heartland on Sunday, my demonic little daughter, uh, she was sitting in the very back of my Suburbans. So Suburbans are big, they got three rows, she's in the back. And did you guys see the cows on the way up here? Anybody see the cows? I always knew when there was a cow coming up. 
because Karis would go back there too. And we didn't have any cell reception, so I didn't have a Spotify stream, and so all I heard was the entire way up here. It was freaking annoying. Right now, I'm from Bakersfield, and Bakersfield has a very big dairy industry, and I lived on the south side of town, which meant I was around cows all the time. Now, if you've ever been around a cow or if you've ever seen a cow, have you ever realized that cows just sit there chewing all day? They literally just do this. Anybody seen a cow do that? Really cute, huh? Curious, does anybody know what that's called? Chewing the what? Chewing the cud. You see, friends, what a cow will do is they'll take a big bite of grass, and then they just chew on it. They chew on it. They chew on it. They chew on it. They will chew on that same bite of grass for hours at a time. Now, what this does for the cow is it releases the vitamins and the minerals from the grass, and it makes the grass a little bit easier to digest. I looked this up last night, but apparently some cows, when they chew the cud, they will chew the same cud, this ball of grass, for up to eight hours at a time. Friends, when it comes to eating, cows are very patient. And so here's my encouragement to you. If you want to read your Bible more, read your Bible like a cow chews their cud. Right? Just take your time. Choose one verse, one passage at a time, and meditate on it, chew on it, ponder it. Friends, I'll tell you this. As a pastor, I have not worked up to reading the Bible every 14 days. I don't think I ever will. Instead, do you know what my daily devotional time looks like? For me, what I do almost every day is I go to one verse. I find one verse. Some days I find a couple verses. And I simply commit those verses to memory. And then as I go about my day, I chew on those verses. I meditate on those verses. Now, I will tell you, that is a very slow way to read your Bible. But it is very effective. I was telling Byron earlier this morning, I read an article late last year about this Christian truck driver. He was a long-haul trucker. Essentially, he would drive uh, at least once a week from the West Coast to the East Coast and back. And he decided that he wanted to, to read a little bit more Bible. And so every morning, what he would do is he would pull a post-it note out, and he would write down one, one scripture verse. He would write that one scripture verse down on that post-it note, and he would smash it onto his driver window of his big rig truck. And what he would do, friends, as he went about his day, he would look at that verse and he would try to memorize it. He got so good at memorizing just one verse a day, he worked up to two verses a day. And then eventually he worked up to three. Some days he would do four or five verses a day. Friends, that Christian truck driver, by his own admission, in four years, memorized almost the entire New Testament. You see, friends, if you just take God's word in a little bit at a time, it can still be effective. Friends, if you want to read the Bible well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take in as much as you can as quickly as you can. Friends, sometimes you just need to chew the cud. Sometimes you just need to meditate on the Word of God. Now, I do think it's important to mention here that if you are a follower of Jesus, then you must read God's Word. Right? If you are a follower of Jesus, it is honestly quite foolish and stupid to not read God's Word. Right, I'll tell you this, if I decided this tonight, if I decided today that I was not going to talk to my wife Hannah anymore, I will, if I decided to do that, I can guarantee you that my relationship with my wife would suffer. Right now, let's be honest, Hannah would probably enjoy it for like the first six hours. Right, she'd be all about it, I talk too much. But friends, if I just stopped talking to my wife altogether, I guarantee you our relationship would experience strain. Friends, that is what happens with your relationship with God when you refuse to read the scriptures. Now, let me ask you this. How do you and I, as followers of Jesus, how do we speak to God? Prayer. We speak to God through prayer. But how does God speak to us? Well, he speaks to us through his word. And so, friends, when we decide not to read God's word, what we essentially are saying is we don't want to hear from you. 
we don't want to hear from God. Do you see how that might hurt your relationship just a little bit? Yeah. Friends, if you want to be an obedient, a growing, a mature follower of Jesus, then regular scripture intake needs to be a part of your life. Friends, you can go home and you can do exactly what you've been doing at Heartland this week. You can memorize one verse a day. I guarantee that if you commit yourself to doing that, you would be shocked at how far you can come spiritually in such a little bit of time. Now, I do think there's another reason why we as Christians in America don't read our Bible as often as we should. And the reason is this. You and I have had it far too easy for far too long. You know, I think it was either Monday or Tuesday, I told you the story of Nick Ripken. You remember Nick? He was that missionary. Nick was this missionary. He would go and he would, he would minister to believers in foreign persecuted countries. When I first met Nick, he was, he was preaching at this seminar, and he, and he told the story of how he was invited to come in, in, the, in the early 80s. He was invited to come to China to encourage Christian pastors who, who essentially were being hunted down, uh, hunted down and wanted to be taken alive or thrown into prison. And so Nick, he, he essentially smuggles himself into China. He ends up going to what is honestly a pseudo-Chinese summer camp deep in the woods. And it was there that he began to minister and encourage these pastors, these, these, these men who were pastors illegally. Nick says that he, he was there and he fell asleep one night. He, he was staying in what was essentially an old beat-up cabin. And he said that the first thing that woke him up that morning was the sound of wailing. It was the sound of crying. It was the sound of screaming. Now, Nick, he didn't speak any Mandarin, and so he didn't necessarily know what people were saying, but he immediately assumed that the Chinese secret police had found this group of pastors who were hiding in the woods and were taking them away. And so, Nick, he kind of sneaks out of his cabin, and he looks outside, and what he doesn't see is Chinese secret police taking men away. Instead, what he sees is these Chinese pastors on their knees screaming and praising God. And then he notices one man. He notices one man walking around with a Mandarin Bible. And friends, what this man would do is he would walk up to these pastors. He would rip 10 to 15 pages out, and he would hand it to the man. He would hand it to that preacher. Nick saw somebody standing by, and he, he, the gentleman knew English. And so Nick asked him, hey, what, are you, what is this man doing? Why is he tearing up God's word? And he says, Nick, you don't understand. Not a single one of these pastors have their own copy of Scripture. Not a single one of these pastors have their own Bible. And so what we're doing now is we're distributing a couple pages that their churches can study until we are able by God's grace to meet again. Friends, you and I are so immensely blessed to have God's word so readily available to us. And honestly, shame on us if we don't take advantage of that. Friends, there are Christians in this world today who are in prison, who are persecuted, who long for one single page of scripture. And yet you and I have dozens of Bible translations on our phone. Friends, to not read God's word is both foolish and might I say it is sinful. To not read God's word is to spit upon the faces of our brothers and sisters around the world in Christ who do not have a copy of God's word on their own. Friends, read the word. Meditate on the word day and night, and I promise you, you will be surprised at what God will do. Does that sound good? good. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for Psalm 1. Lord, I pray right now for each of these young people. 
Lord, I pray that you would put a desire in their heart to be in your word each and every day. Lord, I pray that we would learn all well together how to meditate on God's word, how to ponder your word. Lord, we remember this morning our, our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who do not have easy access to scripture. God, we pray that you would encourage them, and if you so will, that you would get a Bible in their hands. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this week together. And all of Heartland Christian Camp said, Amen. Amen.